Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It's Tuesday, June 29th. In this episode, there's a lot to discuss. The Dutch get wrecked by the Czechs. Italy needs extra time to survive their first big test. But first, this was the greatest day of European football ever, ever, ever. Mike, what was your favorite part of today? Was My it- favorite part was uh, watching all the Spain fans have to be like, okay, fine, Murata's not a terrorist and he's not the worst. Uh, when he smashed home the, the winner in, in extra time. <laughs> but no, I think watching the the penalties, watching the two comebacks for Croatia and Spain, everything, it was just unbelievable. It had, it had never happened. They were in the history of the European Cup, which I think is probably from the 50s. I'm not sure. Because uh, they, 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 they slowly but surely have been adding more and more stuff. And we did find that tweet about money and conference Europa. That's a whole nother show for like. Yeah, we're going to talk about that probably later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no 3-1 comebacks ever. And then we have two in five one hours. day. Yeah. yeah. It was just, and I was traveling. I was been in San Diego and running around. So I was catching bits and pieces as I was running along. Saw the whole uh, back half of the French game. Saw the comeback from Croatia, went to take a shit, and then uh, Spain annihilated them after I had tweeted to Chari something that I noticed about Spain. Uh, but that was an incredible game. You know, it's it's one of these, with the Croatia thing, it's like belief versus skill, um, collective spirit versus expectation. There's a lot of narrative themes around Spain. The Spanish team is very, very young and... I know why they don't have Ramos in the side because I think like they're like the world champs at four age levels over the last 10 years. Sure. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, all you have to do as well is to look at Ramos's buddy Pepe and like, dude, how bad does he look or did he look? And we'll talk about that a little bit later on, you know, with Belgium and, and Portugal, but yeah, it makes sense to not have Ramos. He's a, he's slow. But, but, he's but then you, but then you felt it at the end of that game. You're like, Ramos would have shithoused someone. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right? He would have done, he would have taken a red to stop a goal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like done something absurd, right? So, Mike, where do you want to go? Well, I want to start there. I want to start with Spain and Croatia because they got some unfortunate news before the game even started. Ivan Perisic, arguably their best player, certainly their best player, not named Luka Modric, um, not available to play. Right. Yeah. COVID matters again, despite the fact that we have full stadiums. So uh, he's out. Not, not in Russia. It doesn't matter. Well, right. Right. Yeah. And so I picked I picked Croatia to go through in this game. I would not have picked them if, you know, even Perisic was not on the field. Um, but yeah. And so with the crazy thing about today is that the arguably maybe the weirdest, wildest thing happened and nobody's going to talk about it. Spain scored on themselves from midfield. Okay, it was incredible. <laughs> they shicked themselves. Yeah, right. It, it was a. It was a. As we as as we call you know uh, our friend Chari who shows up a lot. But we're fans. Are we fans? I'm a fan of Shaka Hislop on ESPN FC sure. and Ali Moreno and all their catchphrases. It was a Shakastrophic Royale. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> it's insane. And so he just I, flat missed it. It was pathetic. Yeah, and. I, it was so weird. His game, uh, Unai Simone, was so hey, – listen, that could happen to anybody, right? Like, fine. Uh, and I don't even think he got the own goal, which I think was really kind of criminal. I'm going back now. They gave it 
Um, it was Pedri who got it. They got Pedri at the on the own goal. How it was actually fuck? incredible in the yeah. game. And how is that not uh, Unai Simon's own goal? Like because he, he whiffed. No, but that, but that's your fault, dude. Yeah, it's, 100% it's your, fault, your fault, but it's a whiff. Oh, you man. didn't touch it. That's wild. But so okay, yeah. So they score on themselves from their from literally midfield. Shocking early in the game. And it was weird because I actually hadn't tuned in at that point. I was in a meeting and working on other stuff and I was checking just like the stats and possession was 85, 15 Spain. And I went, Oh, they're crushing them. And then I literally refreshed fought mob, my favorite, my favorite app. Uh, and it's one, nothing Croatia. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, Oh my God. Um, crazy, crazy. So Spain from then on, they're like, Hey man, we got you. We're going to pick you up. And they did immediately right they they end up going three one up uh sarabia aspilicueta with a great goal and then ferran torres coming off the bench uh just another another fantastic effort um three one 77 minutes in and then all hell breaks loose right so uh i mean ferran torres was man of the match he's set up he set up aspilicueta he scored the the finishing goal yeah and spain looked good and then the thing that one of the themes that we talked about the Champions League, what happened with the Spanish teams, one of the things I think about a lot, and one of the things we've talked about earlier with the Spain is ten is still playing from 10 years ago. Everyone is much more athletic because they press, because they have a different way. And it felt like Croatia's athleticism, fitness, something, it seemed like in the last 15 minutes, you know, either either Modric or Brozovic or Kovacic or whoever had come out with them or Orsic, they were just running through them. They were yeah. just like, it was like a team of Renato Sanchez's running through Spain. Now, Spain had a lot of nice buildup. Like they'd take balls in tight spaces and find the guy and build through the lines. And then they would run through. through and so we really got up and down. But then when Croatia needed to come back, they just seemed to bully. They just would run through them. So I think one specific thing happened. And before we go any further, Danny Olmo, who's a phenomenal talent, came on as a sub as well. Uh, he missed a chance to make it 4-1. He got a little cheeky. He tried to chip and he missed. Uh, and Or it was stopped, I should say. And that's going to go down as a, a footnote of footnotes in this game. But there's never a comeback if he just slots that home, right? Yeah. So so that's that. Luis Enrique, I was saying, and actually Chari said it as well, our buddy, yeah. uh, that the substitutions were like for like, but the style changed, right? right. They sat back, uh, but they, they offered the ball. They have Rodri. They have Thiago on the bench. Neither of them even were warming up before well, extra the, time. I mean, and that's and that's a problem, right? Spain cannot sit and defend. This is where that athleticism thing comes in, right? Because they don't have the athletes. Yep. Like they they try and move as a group, and guys just run past them, right? It's like a it's like a team of of um of Jorginhos, right? Like, yeah. They just yeah, get they run are. past, right? Yeah. And so when they don't possess the ball which is their form of defending they're fucked because right. they don't they're, have, they're... they don't have, I mean, it's not about slowness or whatever. It's not, it's not about pure speed. It's just, there seems to be a lack of acceleration, a lack of power, just a lack of, of some juice. I mean, Busquets has never been that right. No. And he still was out there. He's an playing. aircraft carrier, right? No, but, but I mean, he's there to, 
to touch a ball, move it, touch and move, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, Aspelacueta is old and he's their most athletic guy, sure. right? Right, because if he could play for Chelsea under Mourinho, that means he can run like a fucking deer all day. Yep. Right. right. And he so, gets exposed at this point. So it seemed the impetus, and we're talking about Croatia, Croatia, Croatia. They fought and fought and fought because that's that's just like, do you understand? I've been bombed in Sarajevo. I've killed. My family comes from killers, right? This is like Balkan death march. This game is nothing. I'll kick your ass, you Spaniard scumbag, right? No one expects <laughs> the, Sam- the Spanish Inquisition except the fucking Croatians. They're ready for it. <laughs> they were set. They're ready to go. <laughs> 92nd minute, Mario Pasalic ties the game. That was the, the easiest goal I've ever seen. He just went yeah. right through the middle. Right through. <laughs> Incredible. And so now the Spanish are completely just dumbfounded, right? They're so confused that I think I think it's almost as if like in a boxing match when you kind of get hit stupid and then like you get one that kind of wakes you up a little bit because in extra time, now granted, uh, some poor defending by, by the Croatians in fairness, but – our, our friend Danny Olmo, again, cuts down the right wing with a great ball, and it falls to Alvaro Morata. I mean, and I'm just to, shocked that he hammered it. I mean, hammered but, it home. But to be fair, like, look at the difference, right? Like, Spain can bring on Olmo, can bring on Orozalbo, can bring on Rodri. I mean, these sure. are like the – and these are the people who are involved in the final goals, right? They yep. just can bring on better players. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, uh, well, first of all, we're – I don't think anybody here is is saying that the uh, quality and the talent levels of Spain and Croatia They're are not. equal, right? No. Maybe that maybe, like I said, you know, uh, Perisic and Modric are up to snuff and better than anybody Spain has. But on balance, one to eleven, it's not. It's really not close. And even more so as far you know, you go further down the depth chart. So, Morata uh, finishes uh, quite a good finish. Uh, smashes it home short side in the corner. Um, he wasn't offside. <laughs> no, I don't think he was. Finally, first time in the tournament, right? Um, Oyarzabal puts one in uh, a few minutes later. And so it's it's interesting. I was saying this to somebody that um, extra time is awesome. I mean, it's, it's cool. Extra is awesome when a goal is scored because then it's all hell breaks loose again because the other team needs a goal. And right, it's they more can't than- just wait. If there, yeah, it's almost like if there's one goal scored, it's almost a guarantee for another in some direction because the other team's going to be pressing so hard that they're going to be naked at the back, basically. Right. Uh, and that's effectively what happens. Um, you know, Croatia come close a few times. And that's what I mean. Uh, Unai Simon makes a couple of really nice saves, more than makes up for that gaffe that we talked about earlier. Um, and they, they end up closing it out. But um, Right, and it looks actually like a had crazy one. basketball score, 5-3, goofy game where they where where guys who who are relatively fresh score the goals in the end right yeah but croatia has one called off for offside uh i don't know 113th 14th minute which would have made it crazy again right to the end so uh, it was actually unfortunate that spain got the second goal as early as they did because it's sort of like Croatia's already limping and they basically just shot him again can, can we go back one step to our yeah. friend uh the previous day on saturday for italy Versus yeah. uh, versus Austria, my friend Marco Arnautovic got fucking VAR'd and he would have taken out the Italians. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we could talk about that. I mean, I here's the <laughs> I, thing. I thought that Italy were terrible and the, the, the Austrians were incredible and Arnautovic had the moment. And I think once that moment didn't come, 
It seemed weird that Mancini only made changes like in the 80th minute, brings on Chiesa, incredible, runs in behind, extra mm-hmm. time comes, and Italy Cena just, as well. just blow them all away. So <laughs> I have a theory about our buddy Arnautovic. Uh, he's similar to a player on Spurs. He's, he's meaner, but he's similar to Eric Lamella, right? Yeah, and so bit. the theory is, is that there's a Nazi war criminal who's, who's fleeing Germany. And yes. at first he goes to Austria and he has his son and he names him Marco. And then he's like, okay, I really got to get the fuck out of Europe. And he goes to Argentina <laughs> and he has another son. They're, they're and separated at, they're, they're at Eric. Yeah. Eric. And they're, they're separated, Eric, they're separated at, birth. at birth. They don't yeah. know their brothers, but they have the same father. Yeah. Uh, same energy. They do have the same energy. A lot of the same energy. That kind of vertical running. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It kind of looks like a centaur running like, Oh my goodness. Right. Yes, it does. It does. But I, I mean, I was in a room, I was in a bar filled with Italians and I kicked off the madness. Like I just went nuts for the Arnautovic goal and I was just <laughs> cursing the Italians. And then they all started getting mad at me. I, I literally turned on the crowds because they were done. No one seemed to be paying attention. And yeah. I went bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> come on. I'm like, come on, you lions. Because I'm like, is going to win. This is amazing. I mean, there's like, you know, we're going through the fifth battle of the, the some river in northern Italy. You know, the, the battle of independence for Italy. They take themselves away from the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Austria is going to have a chance to grab Milan back and grab the Lombardy back. But they, they just didn't have a chance. And Italy, you know, rightfully won. And I, we started singing Mancini, uh, Manchester City songs, you know. It was just oh, so so it, it came fun. full circle. So so you yeah. had a, a a pint and a smile with everybody then. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's and good. then that's uh good. the Dutch again, uh, one of our themes, Frank 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 De Boer is gonna fuck it up, and lo and behold, he fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> now Delicted gets sent off, but he still had them playing in this odd style, and even with ten, they didn't have a shot on target. No, but I'm not going to really look at the game after the red card because there's enough there for me before the red card to say that the checks were very much in the game. They had, I believe, 48% possession uh, up to right around when the red happened. And by the way, if he doesn't take that red card, that's a goal. That's 100% no, it's a goal. Not. Yes, it is. It's it, The ball's bouncing away from him towards First the First of box. all, the lick fucked that up. Everybody no, no, no. knows when you're a kid, even I don't even, even I know this. Don't let the ball bounce. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but what I'm saying is he fucked up, right? So either he right. lets it, he loses the ball, and it's basically a breakaway, I think, for Schick. Well, but listen, He's pot it, that. It, it's give, being down one nil to Czech Republic is not. You don't get sent off ever. Just you don't. I don't know that it was as intentional as no. As he fell slow mo and he went over. Yeah. Yeah, but the 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 outcome, especially being what it was in it the situation it. where it, it was, it's, it's it, a red kill, card. it killed the game. It's a shame they had to call it. They VAR'd it, and once it was done, it seemed that the Dutch didn't have a second gear to like get out of being beat. Well, Genie Wijnaldum was the only guy scoring goals for them. Realistically, Whitehorse had one or two, but he didn't even start. He came off the bench. I I never really was a big believer in this Netherlands team. I know you weren't much either. I wasn't either. I didn't believe in. I didn't believe in. We in, both uh, picked them to win Group C, I believe, because uh, I who have the no fuck idea was my... in Group C? Austria, Ukraine, and North Macedonia. I yeah, don't even great. know who I picked. I know well, I have got it. I've got Sweden going a long way. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got in the, the pool. Oh, in the bracket. The bracket. Yeah. Well, all right. Look, the thing is, is that, and it's true of Italy, and it's true of Netherlands. You know, and it's frankly, it's true of, of, of Spain as well. They weren't tested really. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And so you get to the knockouts and and now you're sitting there watching a Czech Republic team who's scrappy as all hell, very similar to that that togetherness, that belief we talked about with Croatia. Uh even arguably even more even so more so because they all play together. I was gonna say, yeah, it's basically Slava Prague and and, and West Ham. Uh, you <laughs> yes. know, and so, those guys had been at Slava Prague the season before. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so you've got that togetherness, you've got that cohesion and that chemistry even more than the Croats. So yeah, I, I'm not surprised by that result at all. In fact, I, in my pool, had the checks. I haven't in the final four, actually. Damn, but, you're crazy, yeah. old. But I do I do have one thing that is a sort of overall observation. And I I don't I don't have a good sense of history, but my observation is either styles of play has changed or there's a level of belief and a level of quality throughout these teams that's really high. Like there's no, like these, these national sides aren't like, Oh, they all play for Slavia Prague. It's like, this is Slavia Prague who fucking almost got out of a group stage in the champions league. Right. Like, and then all the other teams like Bundesliga, Bundesliga, La Liga, La Liga, premier league. It's not like these clubs are like rolling in with guys from the championship, except for Wales who are a weaker side, but like, I feel like the level of play was really high and there seems to be the press and counter sort of culture that we, that's come from the Bundesliga, frankly, and has translated Guardiola brought with him that sort of pressing from the front to disrupt teams when you're going to sit deep and then knowing when to sit deep. So you, that the teams are really good. Like I, you, I can't tell necessarily that, the Czechs are much worse than a Dutch or much worse than Spain. I mean, you know, Spain almost lost today and against Croatia, a bunch of old dudes who, yeah, granted they were in the semifinal, but they had an easy run. And then we're going to get to Switzerland, France. I mean, Switzerland doesn't have a pedigree, but you know what? They've got fucking guys who play at a high level who aren't afraid. And a lot of these big teams live on their depth, but it is a one-off game. And, Switzerland showed it today. I mean, yeah. And so I agree, but I think, I think there are some factors where there's been some serious dud games. And I think that um, Belgium and Portugal was a good example of that. I mean, I was so excited for Belgium, Portugal. Uh, I'm the narrative. I thought it was good. It was, it just didn't have goals. It, I mean, Belgium won the go- the game with a 0.2 expected goal difference. Or not difference, expected goals, right? Like, they just – they didn't bring much for me. Portugal seemed far more pedestrian than I expected them to. Um, it Listen, just – Because on paper, they had, aside from Harry Kane, the most prolific goal creator in the league yeah. do nothing. Well, he they, didn't even play. He yeah, Fernandez in. was terrible and then didn't play. Right. Sil- Bernardo Silva was terrible. I thought Ronaldo showed up. Sanchez came out of nowhere, yeah. like resurrected from the dead. Yep. Pepe's playing, which is bizarre. Right. Tomato, thank God, didn't play. That's why they didn't get lit up. It's true. Then, um, <laughs> I thought Jota was good, but I mean. Yeah, I, I don't think, and you know, and Belgium's good. I didn't think, I didn't feel like Alderweireld and, and Vertonghen got exposed. Um, I expected more fireworks, a lot more fireworks out of that game, and it was sort of a snooze fest. And I, no, I it was just there. It was, it was tactical. Sure, I thought it was good. I did. I didn't find it to be boring. And I thought that one of the things that's really unfair about that Thorgan Hazard goal was that that was all Lukaku. He fucking absolutely takes that ball from outside the inside eighteen yard box, 
puts it on his chest with three guys around him, turns, drives into the box with guys and draped all over him. Then there's a space. second phase where they pass it around a little and, and Hazard gets there. But it wouldn't have been able to have happened without Lukaku just kicking the shit out of the entire Pepe side of the defense again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that goal, I'm curious your opinion. Rui Patricio, I know it was knuckling. Should he have done better? He's been bad. I thought this. No, no, no. I, I, I thought I'm not when saying. I saw it go in, I thought that was savable. It was. He's now been, granted he, that ball knuckled a lot. No, but, but I know, no, it was, you know, it went all over the place. But, but he, if you watch Wolves, he was bad. Like he, yeah. That's one of the weaknesses, I think, now. He's living. We talked on, about it. He's we one of these living on the reputation guys, right? Right. He might have been a step the wrong way. Gave him. Gave, That's where I think I, I saw the the goal, the behind the goal camera, and he did look like he was one or two steps. Well, he to did. The right. He was leaning the other way. It yeah. Did yeah. Him off. So so. But that was good, and uh, you know, I, I th- and but Belgian are gonna have to dig deep because De Bruyne got fucking hit with a sledgehammer <laughs> again, again, and he's out. Uh, Mertens is thirty five. Like this is the this is Hazard the- is out too. Eden Hazard is well, out. He's been, but he's been out. Like he's just no. Out. He will. I mean, he was on the field, right? For, I know for, he played, but he's he's a mess. Far be it from me, Tottenham <laughs> supporter, Chelsea hater here. Understood. I think Eden Hazard has been outright bad this entire tournament on the field for however long he's been there, and I think that it will actually free up Belgium's midfield a little bit. Well, who's I think Tielemans going to feel end a little up bit being more free. Tielemans and Witzel. Yeah. With I mean, there's there's like listen, you know, I love me some Brighton, but they're going to have to play Leandro Trossard. Yeah, they are. And I think that the way they really need to play is because I know he can't finish, but Trossard gets into spaces and he's just got to stop trying to score and make sure he gets it to Lukaku because he's good. He's just not awesome. And then I don't, I don't trust Vertonghen and Aldeverald to, I mean, I do trust, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and Quarta. I don't trust it with Loris. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, and I think Yannick Carrasco comes in. I think he does a job. He just but too again, much dribbling. Yeah, I know. But, but so does Hazard, right? He thinks he's still, you know, at Chelsea from five years ago. And he's not that guy anymore. So, yes. I, I, I'm, yeah, he was downright bad for a few times that I saw but him. We saw, but we saw Belgian without De Bruyne, and they had a hard time. They're really going to have to run no, no, no. on Lukaku. Right, like I said, without De Bruyne, that scares the shit out of me. But yeah. without Hazard, I think that it's. I, oh, it's no I, big deal. I don't. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's a big deal. So, so but they get the Italians, um, and we're gonna look into the other big, big game of the day uh, right after this. And uh, we want to take care of paying the bills here and do a little live read, courtesy of the Chop Sports Podcast Network. And speaking of saving money on our bills, our friend Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting has a very unique way to save you plenty of cash on your monthly bills. Visit attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com for more info. We like to snack over here at the Squeaky Bum Time podcast, especially after flying. And man, we just received our shipment of some of the seasonings that the Sunflower Meadow Seasonings sent us. They even have a brand new cheddar beer dip, exclusively made for the Chop Sports Network. It's delicious. You have to try it. Mention Chop Sports when you talk to Jess and save some money. Visit sunflowermeadowseasonings.com for their entire 
lineup of products. All right. So we talked about how crazy Spain Croatia was. And and it was. Uh that was the earlier game today. Yeah. That we we basically had to reset and be like, okay, oh, oh my god, the France and Switzerland lineups are out. Now you look into that and you go, okay, Switzerland's scrappy. There shouldn't be a huge problem here for the for the comfortable tournament favorites and you know rightful world champions, France. Yep. Uh, wow, wrong. <laughs> it was it was frenetic again right from the jump. Um, you know Switzerland gets the jump on them. They, they're in the game early on, and and Seferovic finishes off a great header from Zuber. And in yeah. 15 minutes, it's one nil Switzerland, and you're sitting there, which again. Same thing happened to Spain. They kind of get gut punched early on and you're like, okay, they'll be fine. But that was a little shaky. Right. So um, let me, let me get your perspective. 15, 20 minutes into that match. Uh, France playing at three at the back. They don't know who, what their best players are. Langley's in the game for the first time in, since he's in the wilderness, he Barcelona fans know he's terrible. Why is he playing? So you have this great partnership of Varana and Kempembe. They're used to playing as a two, and then someone's between them. That didn't work. Yep. So France were sluggish and didn't really have anything going on. And you know what? I'll give fucking Granite Shaka credit. He's going against what is considered the greatest midfield in Europe right now. He fucking kicked their ass. He was great. And he listen, great. Pogba did a lot of good things. He does. He always does good things, but he does have that habit fucking around on the ball and the tying goal happened because he fucking fucked around. Oh, absolutely. The ball. Well, hold on. We'll, we'll get that far. We'll get right. That far. But Xhaka was just, I think it's the thing that's so frustrating for Arsenal fans is when he's good, he looks world-class. And if you're not on Except his hair or forcing him to defend, right. Or forcing him to foul you because that's really his problem is he, he's not athletic enough. The guys, you can run past him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like, you know, the, the Swedes protected him with a back five. You know, they, they went with the three at the back and the, and the wing backs. And they were able to protect Shaka so that he could boss the game. So And they did. You go into halftime. Coman comes on for uh, Clamor Lenglet, which I think we both were like, okay, that makes sense. A, you're chasing the game right now. B, mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was curious about how tactical he would be because I know he's a burner. Um, uh, he was fantastic. And then Benzema just takes over for a little while. But before that we get a penalty incident, chintzy penalty. I didn't, I didn't love the call. Um, I understood it, but fine. It was one of those where the, the foul is on literally barely the white line. And, yeah, but and that, they had that, that penalty changed the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, France. but they had, they had the, who was it? Uh, Clattenburg. He's talking on air about how the foul continues into the box. And I'm like, oh, that sucks, dude. Like, <laughs> so, and I started to think about some of the big game saves that Hugo Lloris has made at, in the run up to this penalty. And obviously, there are a few against Man City that come to mind right away. Well, I'm not um, saying is how shocking not taking that. Yeah, that's fair. Or Char. Like, yeah, that's that's Char from fucking Newcastle who has a rifle yeah. <laughs> for a foot. So, anyway. uh, Ricardo Rodriguez steps up and, and man, France is in deep shit here. You know what? Go too. I, I knew it. I knew who he was missing. He did yeah. not look like he wanted any part of that penalty. No. 
He didn't. And he goes, you know, bottom, bottom right to, to Hugo Lloris right. Makes a good save, grabs it. Uh, and at that point, you knew it was coming really fast, right? Like yeah. it was, it's going to happen. That was, uh, I'm looking now the 55th minute and yeah. in the 57th minute Benzema. Yeah. Oh, what a one, two, what a the, one, two. The thing Mbappe. that you, you started to see was like Pogba getting on the ball, put it, picking his head up. And that dude, when he's good, you just like, Holy shit. Like, please never let this version of Pogba ever be at United because they'll win the league. Yeah. Cause he's incredible. Right. He picks passes. He pick. It's not like it doesn't, he doesn't break the line. He breaks two lines at once. Mm-hmm. It's like, boom, boom. And he's just, you're in and you have Mbappe running forward and you, you've got these two sort of bookends that make him so powerful, which is Mbappe on one side and, uh, and, um, and Conte on the other mirroring him where he goes. So to protect for his stupid mistakes that he makes when he's on the ball and then the through balls are fantastic. But to your point, that Benzema goal, it's behind him. And he yeah. somehow is able to touch. take it and bring it into play and then touch it over the keeper. I mean, listen, nobody doubts Benzema. The funny thing was, was that they were playing with Giroud all this time for some stupid reason. Because well, he tried to fucking extort some little guy. Right. His, so, his drug dealer friends were... Uh, yeah, exactly. 55 minutes, the penalty is stopped. 57 yep. and 59 minutes, all of a sudden, France lead. It's 2-1 yep. again. Benzema with a brace. Uh, bang, bang. And at that point, you're like, okay, I've seen some shit today. I'm pretty sure France has it under control. In fact, in the write-up for this episode, we were you know, we were going back and forth. And initially, I had written, okay, France has trouble early, but a big save and a couple of goals, and they they cruise to a, to a relaxing win or whatever it was. Because 20 minutes later, or 15 minutes later, I should say, Pogba, goal of the tournament, you think? It was pretty good. Ah, oh. <laughs> you know, it's one of the – you can just see the ego on him when he gets that much space. He, he goes, did have – in that spot, he's like – He's like a 20% goal scorer from there. And oh, that, no, absolutely. And 20% is like good for his Oh, finish. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's, I'd say what, 25 yards out, center of the center of the box, uh, and he's got five yards of space. And he goes, oh, yeah? Okay, watch this. And he just curls up. stamp. Oh, it was fantastic. And it the speed on those, on, on that, that is often – that's often the thing where you're like, it's kind of this like curling ball. That was a no, rocket it's ship going fast. <laughs> that was it, a was like a, it was almost uh, not Christensen level, but Christensen Christensen's is the, is the goal of the tournament, but yeah, that's fair. But it didn't have, he, but, but in this case, Pogba provides the force, right? Christensen just, it's coming back at him fast, right? Touches it and it fucking flies like a laser beam. Um, but then the Swiss get chippy. They get a goal back from Seferovic. I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess. No, that then was not Griezmann, my reaction. Then Griezmann comes on for Sissoko. Griezmann is well, the hardest. Way Sissoko. All right. Griez, this is the mistake that uh, that Deschamps make. First, the first half was a total mistake, but then taking Griezmann off was a mistake because Griezmann is the only one of the front guys who presses. Mm-hmm. And maybe he thought Sissoko would bring a defensive mentality or something. Which he but, does, and he then, covers. And then two minutes later, Shaka it makes the pass of the tournament. <laughs> uh, France has just opened up, and so okay, hold on. 
it, it literally looked like a pass from FIFA where you're just annoyed and you keep throwing through balls up to your striker. And the one time you're like, holy shit, it worked. Yeah. But all right, so it's a it's a 40 yard pass on a on a line to Seferovic. After uh, a turnover from Pogba in midfield. Right. I'm sorry, not Seferovic, Gravanovic. Uh, after a, a Pogba turnover. So he basically takes the ball, takes two, like, again, similar to what we were saying before, puts his head up, sees him, and he goes, this is our shot, takes it. Now, the underrated he, part of this play is that Gravanovic takes it, and he, I don't know if it was Varane, it, but he, he jukes him and kills he him. He jukes him, yeah. And he, he gets free, and he shoots from 20 yards, bottom He's right corner. Finish. But these are great, great these finish. are good finishes. I think the other thing was, that's literally the first time Conte was not there. Right. That's the spot he's there. Yeah. And he had gotten taken out of the play because he was closer to Pogba trying to pick up a second ball after the turnover. Yep. So Um, Shaka runs past uh, Conte, and that's what makes the whole thing open up. Even to give an idea, because I think we're burying a little bit here, they get the 3-2 goal, and – it's all it's all popping off again. They actually do score, and it's called off or offsides. Uh, He's way off though. Seventh minute, sure, but the ball is in and around the France goal. For right, something is wrong. Minutes. Something yeah. is very wrong with the right. France defense. And then, like you said, you know, a bad turnover in, in an inopportune spot without coverage. Jaka pings a ball into Gravanovic. One great move, great shot, and we're tied. We and go into extra time. Though. That's wild. Extra time is Kingsley Coman. It, nothing really happens. Giroud comes on. He doesn't really do much. He has one header that another time he might finish. It was very, he put a lot of power in it, but right, right to the keeper. Like late in the end. Yeah. And then Coman just opens up their wing and fucking hits the post in the last second of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, I, there's some players that just didn't have good performances, like Mbappe. Not only did he not have a good game, well, he was key in the he was key in one of the goals, right? Right. But he, so he, other than that, though, sort of invisible. Yeah, and then he, we go to penalties. the The Swiss take their penalties really well. Like, there's not a bad one in the group. Uh, again, Shar takes a penalty. I knew. I was like, yeah, he's good. No shit. Um, took the second. Uh, I, I thought Kimpembe's was incredible. Duram is 21 years old. Pogba, Giroud. All really good ones, but uh, low confidence. Didn't look good walking up there. Mbappe looked like a lost little frog. Like his face always looks like it would look like Pepe the frog, but he was Pepe the French frog. And uh, (laughs) he missed and France is out. I was not upset. I probably should have been, but I don't know. I think I had them as the winners. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I had anyone else. So I'm probably out. Unless there are so of the there are 28 people who had them in the fro, in the semifinal. Ten I had, the, had I had them 2 0 against Sweden in the final. Yeah. Yeah. You're one of 10 people who had them winning it all. They were the okay. second most chosen team to win it all. So right, after um, and there are no perfect brackets left, by the way. We'll talk a little bit more about that after the uh the, the round of 16 is finished on our next show on Thursday. Um, but there is, there's one other game that I want to mention. Uh, we did, we, we touched on it briefly. Denmark put oh, that was, the, that was a good game, beat the brakes off of Wales. <laughs> it was, I would say about 10 minutes in Wales were controlling it. Uh, and Denmark just completely grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck from there on. And it was, it was over. It was just a beating. 
Um, I think the thing that's happening with Denmark is the emotion and the narrative around Ericsson is clouding the fact that they are a real football playing good team. Like those first two games didn't go well for them, but they played well, right? The Belgian game didn't go well for them, but they played well. And then the first game was the death game you know, the near death experience game. We're like, well, how they're supposed to win that game. How the right. fuck is no. win that? So, and they've grown into the tournament. I think, a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, of course they have. Right. And, and I think they were a lot of people's dark horses with Christian Erickson, but he, he wasn't going to do it by himself. Right. So there was a lot of talent on this team and there was, there's one <laughs> Taylor. I don't know if you heard this on the broadcast, Taylor Twelman said Casper Dahlberg, who had one of the, uh, one of the better goals of the tournament. he, had COVID twice. He had to deal with appendicitis. And his teammate, when all Ruben Rivera has that for a reference, stole his $85,000 watch and sold it. And so, he has no eyebrows. And he has no, well, that's not, that's hereditary. And, <laughs> and he's got, it's his first start, 25 minutes in, he scrolls, scores an absolute beauty. And he puts one right back in just on the other half of half, on the other side of halftime. And it's 2 0. Now the he, he was he was on, he was on the Ajax team that you guys beat in the final, right? Yeah, but he wasn't a main player on it. Uh, you know, I mean, first of all, that team had five guys who got sold for more than fifty million dollars yeah. almost directly after that. But I think, and so Denmark's fans are in delirium. He it's got he old. got sold to Nice for twenty. Yeah, sure, that's a lot. And, no, I'm not saying for it's Nice. Not. That's yeah. A lot. Um, I want to one note. I think you'll love this. I don't know if you heard this on the broadcast. So this game, let me check exactly where it was played. It was in Copenhagen, um, right? Or is no, it in, in no, it wasn't in Copenhagen. Copenhagen. It was in Amsterdam. It was in the Netherlands. Ironically, pretty in that close. IX, yes, but the difference is again, you know, there are different countries, and one of the things I'm so impressed with this tournament is that they're able to pull it off with so many different governments and regulations and rules based around COVID. Right. Yep. So the interesting thing. Is that I I, uh, I don't know who was with Twelman on the call, but I think it might have been John Champion. Let's say. It is he. They're paired. They're only two. right. So yeah. he described that the Denmark fans drove to the Germany border, and they stayed there until exactly twelve hours after the game would be over, essentially. And then they all boarded buses and they went into the Netherlands because that was the minimum amount of time or the maximum amount of time they could be in the stadium without having to stay there and then quarantine. So these <laughs> fucking people went from Denmark to the German border, stayed there as long as humanly possible. And then like they timed it out like crazy, like sociopaths. I love it. I love it. After seeing those stadiums in Copenhagen go absolutely crazy, I'm loving the Denmark team. I'm. I want to be. I want to be one of those ultras, right? Like, yeah. Imagine or like the picture of the, of the Dutch all dancing, even though they fell apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, just, just first of all, the maniacal sense to be like, okay, the game starts at six. The game's gonna end at eight fifteen. That means we got to get the fuck out of there by nine thirty. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, I think there are two, there incredible. are two that the, the Danes, the Swedes, the Dutch, they've taken national team fandom and made it a festival. They don't yeah. get angry. They don't fight. Everyone just wears orange win or lose. They're OK. Well, it's because they're, they're playing of, with house money most often. Almost all the time. Right. Exactly. Right. 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 
it's not it was like an article or, in the, you know there's an article in the athletic comparing portugal and 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 belgium i didn't realize both countries just a shade over 10 million people it's oh yeah they're small how, how the fuck does the united states not get better at soccer what the too hell big. With us? we're too big bullshit um, we suck <laughs> um Losers. but we really we we have to end the show on the big topic of today <laughs> no. and i and i waited to preview this until laurent was back on the show because there's just it's not a good <laughs> germany england preview without <laughs> 10 german bombers in the air <laughs> so yeah 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 well well until germany won the world cup the English had a very famous chant of two world worlds and one world cup. Do da, do da. And they would chant that as a group. Uh, that was exciting. Um, this is probably the worst German side since that there was a 2002 or 2006 German side. 2006 was bad. Was and bad. then the one that just passed was bad, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't get out of the group. And it's still the same coach. I do not trust Yogi Love. I think they flatter to deceive because Santos from Portugal made Goosens look like he was the second coming of fucking Cafu. And I don't think the Germans have enough goal scoring, have enough midfield creativity. If the best version of England shows up, they should beat Germany. Mm-hmm. But I don't trust, I do not trust Gareth Southgate to not act like fucking Montgomery and be afraid, right? Having survived World War One and gotten the shit kicked out of him in four other battles and be like, yeah, we're going to wait here. We're just going to play two holding midfielders because those Stukas, they're going to come. They have no Stukas. They got nothing. The Germans have nothing. Go get them. They're just not good right now. Like, I don't understand the English defeatist fear that they have. It's this inability to play free and i think the funny thing is the players themselves strike me as being free of that but the press and the nation are not now gareth southgate does know what it's like to have all of england destroyed with your actions he missed a penalty against germany in 1996 the famous 96 gareth southgate the whole of england is with you Oh, it's saved. And then they go into the song. We still believe. That's how uh, it's coming home. The song starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a chant over of Gareth Southgate mything. So everyone knows who Gareth Southgate is, but he's a middling at best manager who's very good at PR, but he has put a handbrake on this team that should be better. Um, or at least go out losing. Lose 5-3. Right? No one's going to be mad at you. Think Croatian fans are mad that Croatia lost 5 3 to Spain after, after bringing them to extra time? You think Swiss fans would have cared if they had lost that game 3 1 or, or lost on penalties 3 3? No, they were up for the fight. They played with team spirit. And I think if England play with some joy and play Foden and Grealish, and you know, maybe Harry Kane's not fit, don't play him. Play someone who wants to fucking run sure. the channels. Do you know what I mean? Like, let it be Calvert-Lewin with wingers, with Foden. I don't know the right answer, but play the guys who want to fucking go, don't carry a weight on their back. And I think 
as much as I love Harry Kane, I think he does carry the weight of England on his back a little oh, bit. Oh, he certainly does. Right? Certainly. He's he's talked about as the England player. And he seems to lately, because he gets played so many minutes over the season and has to carry so much of, Eng- of Spurs, like he's playing with weight on his back. Yeah. Right? And maybe he maybe maybe have him come on, right? Where he's like free. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're losing? Harry Kane's coming on, right? I mean, that's one of the things that I actually respect about Raheem Sterling. He runs. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I'm black and English. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> People don't like me anyway. No so, matter what, no matter what I do, you hate me. Who do, yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> inherently true. You've got Mason Mount is out of protocols. You've got Phil Foden, who was rested. From what I understand, only to avoid yellow card suspension. Okay. You've got uh, Jack Grealish, Sterling. Here's a name. Bukayo Saka looked fantastic in their last group stage game. So what's he going to play fullback or is he going to no, play No, 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 no. I'm saying all those guys. You've got basically three spots for those guys because Kane's going to start, right? Kane's the captain of your team. He's going to start. I'm not saying whether it's the right move or the wrong I move. I think in central midfield, it has to be Mount because he seems to be the only one who will play a forward ball? I gotta think it's Grealish over Mount. I saw so no, you, you, you play, you play it, you drop, so Ster- have- you drop Sterling and play fucking Grealish. Okay. But so let's assume they go four across the back, right? You're gonna have, you're gonna have Rice and you're gonna have Phillips. No, that's what I'm saying. You don't need two, you play one. Okay. You so, play, you okay. play mount back there and you sort of, you, you make, you, you play it as a three mm-hmm. and you play rice, the holder. Then you play Grealish and mount. Interesting. And then you play three across the front. Then you get Sterling and Foden and, and Kane. And Kane. Okay. With Saka on but the, they back. won't, they won't play the three because that's not what they're going to do. They're going to play two holding midfielders again. Right. Like they always do. The right. funny, the ridiculous thing is, if they do play, uh, what's the guy you said before and next to Rice? I can't remember his name from Leeds. Calvin Phillips. Phillips is the best passer of a forward ball on that team, but they don't use him for that. He makes guys do game against Croatia. But they, he, well, you watch Leeds. He was playing as they played a four-one-four-one at Leeds. Yeah, yeah. And if and if Phillips had the ball, they all fucking took off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the five of them, they were gone. Yeah, which was incredible. Can Bielsa just coach England? No, he should coach the U.S. Do you do you remember? He should coach Spurs. Do you remember the Chile team that he coached with with uh, with uh, when when he killed what's his name uh, Sanchez Alexis Sanchez before that because they were at a tournament before he went to Arsenal before he was insane. Alexis Sanchez was the best player I've ever seen in my entire life. That was uh, Copa America when they beat Argentina in penalties, I believe. Yes. And they Messi, were, like, that was Messi missed the penalty. Yes. Yeah. That version of Chile was incredible. And oh, they yeah. destroyed people. Yeah. They played like Leeds. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Have weird. you heard this story? The, the thing that Bielsa does, murder ball? I've heard of it, but please. Basically, tell the us, ball goes us. out of play and the, he instructs they have balls all along the side of the pitch. No resting. Ball goes out of play, throw it back in. There's no like, <laughs> oh, we have a stoppage. Nope. The ball just goes. So if the ball goes out of bound, another ball just comes right back in. Excellent. So you have to play. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. That's why they're literally the fittest team in the world. Yeah. Um, I just I fear I fear England will play slow 
Germany will just slowly pick them apart and they'll play afraid and just lose. So in the interest of wanting Germany to be better, I want them to lose this game because then this is it. This is officially the reckoning for the old guard, for Jurgi Lowe, for everybody. Well, he's right? going. This is it. He's right. not staying for the World Cup. No, but so that's what I mean is that like, but this is going to be the They already have point. it. It's Hansi Flick. He's the next oh, coach. That's right. That's right. Right. However, I also do want England to progress a little further. I want to see I, – I mean – you know that I love Phil Foden. Uh, I, I love Jackie Grealish. I want to see this team make a run. And the thing is, is that this is the only really, really scary game they have in the entire side of their bracket until the final, right? And they're going to play somebody almost guaranteed significantly better than them in the final. If they, yeah, were I'm not them. afraid of Spain because England are way more athletic than them. They'll just run past them. I don't think Spain gets there, but nonetheless, they're going to have to play Sweden and either the Czechs or Denmark to get to the final of the Euros. If they the beat thing Germany. is the Sweden and the Czechs are, will beat them because they're tough. Right. But, but <laughs> it's similar to the, to the, you know, the 2018 World Cup. They, they had a great role. They had Croatia was exactly well, to your done. point. Yeah. That's huge. That's a massive, but you've still got Belgium or Italy in the semifinal. So they won't be Belgium because Belgium will just run right back. No, them. I know. And real quick, we are sleeping on my friend Yarmolenko. I think Sweden and Ukraine is a low key. It's going to be a later today game. Uh, so England, Germany is the earlier game. Sweden, Ukraine's uh, going to finish up the, the round of 16. I think Sweden wins, but I'm, I'm excited for my guy. Forsberg is going to get this shit done. I'm I think it's Isak. I'm Isaac, in love with Isak. Isak. I'm in love with Forsberg. I have been since uh, Forsberg played for Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in love with that name and that person uh, for that long. So My any any sweet any Swede named Forsberg, I'm in. He even looks. Oh, I can't even remember what the hell. What was that amazing guy named Forsberg who played Peter for Forsberg? Brother? Yes, yeah. I never loved the hockey player more than Peter Forsberg. Oh, he was so cool. He, he always got hurt. Was his problem? We're gonna have to do an episode totally unrelated about the Red Wings Avalanche rivalry of the '90s. Yeah, I need to so, refresh myself because hockey. So I can, oh, I won't have to. I'll go. I'll run that. So one. I can. So I can think about McCarty, <laughs> Darren Chris, McCarty, Chris Draper, Darren McCarty, Claude Lemieux, all of that crazy shit. Fucking legends. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! People bleeding on each all, other. All bloodbath all the time. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> but that is it. We are going to be. We're very excited. So round of 16 is coming to an end. We've got a, another huge, huge game tomorrow. And like I said, don't sweet, sleep on Sweden and Ukraine. Um, we'll be back later in the week and we'll be discussing that. We'll be talking about the bracket challenge and some, you know, how that's shaping up. So uh, a lot of, a lot of you folks are, are competing and it's a lot of fun to watch it kind of unfold. So uh, let's get out of here. Laurent. All right. That was the squeaky bum time podcast with Mike Salerno. That's your name. That's and my name. We represent the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We're so grateful to be a part of that crew. It's really fantastic. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, flying in from all parts of the world. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are listening on Apple, please rate and review the show. Before we go, what do you got tomorrow? Germany and England at Wembley. It has to be England. If they lose on the road, that fucking it's worse. It's worse than the Battle of Britain, and we're all gonna have to drink like Churchill. Which means 
just waving waving the bourbon over it and just drinking straight gin. I have two one England in extra time. Ugh. You know what? How about this? It's a shitty, terrible one one, and England win on penalties. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible.